Today on the Profitable Tradie Podcast, if you don't have enough oxygen as a person, you die, same with your business. If you don't have enough cash, light's gonna go out. This is the seven deadly sins of cash flow management. Number one, for me, is weak follow-up. Number two, you've got no accounts receivable process. Number three, being afraid to follow up and ask for money. This is a mindset problem. Number four, this is on-the-job profitability. Number five, the cash gap. Oh yeah, it's goody. All right, number six. This may not seem obvious, but it is a huge problem. Poor administration or undercapacity in your office. And number seven. Number seven is massive one, not Cash is like oxygen for your business. Without cash, you can't play your bills and your business dies. Tune into this week's podcast where we discuss the seven deadly cash flow sins that will cause your business to run short on cash and how you can fix them. You're listening to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where every week we help you make more money, get your time back, and make life and business a whole lot more fun. Join us as we transform your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business into a successful operation. Don't miss a beat. Hit the follow button. Let's get started. Uh, I'm Tony Fraser-Jones, the host, and uh, hanging out with Phil Smith, my uh, good buddy. Yeah. You doing well, buddy? be here. I'm always good. You're good? Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> right. Can see you've worked on uh, your first line there. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, going to find something better one of these days. All right. What yeah. are we talking about today, Chief? Mate, we are talking about cash flow, or specifically uh, making sure your business has enough money in the bank to actually pay its bills and leave you with some left over as the owner. So... Should be a good topic. Uh, Basically, you know, if you look at it, having cash to pay your bills as they fall due, it's pretty critical to the success of your business. Uh, You know, some businesses that are profitable, you know, I mean, I suppose they have good margin, you know, between their their jobs and their work. Uh, And you can still go under if the flow of cash through their business isn't right. Yeah, I mean, the thing about cash flow is that um, a lot of businesses don't actually understand what causes their cash flow issues. Uh, So today what we're going to do is actually dig into the, seven deadly cash flow mistakes or sins or whatever you like to call them that most businesses actually make that are causing the problem, but they may not realise it. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure you got a story to kick us off. I do. So uh, it's a story about doctors. When you go to the doctor, let's say, I don't know, you've got an ear ache. You go to the doctor and they'll ask you why you're here. Yeah. And you'll tell them about the symptoms. Well, my, my ear's sore. And they'll ask you a bunch of questions and they'll say, how long has this been going on? And, you know, can you hear? And a whole bunch of stuff and they'll, they'll look in it. Uh, what the doctor does is they ask you the questions and then they might even prescribe some tests as well to figure out what, you know, what the actual problem is. Mm. You don't have an earache problem. That's the symptom. Yeah. Uh, you have some other problem. So maybe you've got an infection or perforated your eardrum. I don't know, whatever. Some mosquitoes crawled in there and laid a eggs and it's oh, growing I love those videos I on YouTube yeah yeah not fun uh, but it's the same with cash flow most people talk about cash flow problems but you don't have a cash flow problem you actually have cash flow symptoms yeah that's right and cash flow is caused by things you may have done or not done which is further up the line maybe it's pricing it could be you know just the productivity it could be invoicing collection it could be a whole bunch of stuff mm. and so today we really want to dig into what are the the causes that you could or the levers that you can pull to fix it yeah, 100%. And there's some problems if we don't get this right. Yeah, If you don't get to the root cause of your cash flow symptoms, uh, you're going to waste a huge amount of time actually juggling who to pay. You know, when you're short of cash, it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Who am I going to, you know, who, who am I going to give some crumbs to this week and next week? Yeah. Uh, so that, that takes a huge amount of time of, you know, messing around. It creates a lot of stress because you've got to deal with your creditors who, who are demanding. They want to be paid and fair enough. And it actually causes you to feel like you're failing uh, in your business. It's like cash flow 
challenges are one of the most stressful things in business. I think that super stressful and maybe dealing with poor performing team members, mm. those are both super stressful uh, things in business. Yeah, totally. I'm sure a lot of people on the podcast today could relate to that. Yeah, yeah. And and it damages your business reputation. You know, if, if you're not able to pay your bills, word gets around and uh, you know, it, do, it doesn't feel good to you. And maybe people don't want to work with you anymore or deal with you or supply you, which is huge. And you can actually go broke and lose everything. If you don't have the cash coming in, well, if you don't have enough oxygen as a person, you die. Same with your business. If you don't have enough cash, light's going to go out. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's uh, that's getting to the extreme, but it's actually pretty realistic. It can happen. does yeah, happen. 100%. Whereas on the other hand, you know, if we can get cash flow right and we don't commit the seven deadly uh, cash flow mistakes we'll discuss today, uh, there's some big benefits on the other side. Yeah. Well, you pay your bills on time, which just makes life so much simpler. Uh, you know, it's great for your reputation. People like working with you. You feel good. You feel proud that you can pay your bills on time. It's a good feeling. Knowing you sweet, we're squared away. Tax, wages, supplies, utilities, everything done. It's a yeah. great feeling. And this is important. You can actually take the energy that you were using to figure out how to pay everyone. You can actually focus that on proactive, productive stuff like growing your business rather than just fighting cash flow fires all the time. Yeah. Uh, and as a business owner, I think you just feel way more relaxed and confident about where your business is at. And your, you know, your ability as a business owner and as a leader and as a manager, uh, yeah. it, it's like a, uh, you know, it just gives you confidence to do more things and you can improve and improve rather than just trying to put out the fire. Yeah, and I think um, if I could add to that, Tony, I think the other thing is, you know, you take that re- that relaxation and that confidence, you take that home with you uh, and you probably turn up at home as a better dad, as a better husband or a better wife or a better mother or you know, whatever it may be, but you're going to be your best self everywhere in your life and turn up better because you're not carrying that stress around of what the hell am I going to do uh, in my business. Because um, when you've got no cash, you're going to be taking that home. So when cash flow is good, you take home a very different person to your loved ones, which is really important. Uh, that's incredibly important. Like you said, you can't separate life and business because you are the same person and those emotions spill over. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, in many respects, it makes your most important job for a lot of us, which is what we do at home, Yeah. Uh, super difficult. Yeah, and honestly, I would say cash flow in particular, of all of the problems you could have, is one that's really hard to separate. Uh, you know, if you've got a, a little bit of a workflow bump or you've got, you know, even a team issue, you know, like depending on the severity of it, it's the kind of thing where you might be able to leave that at work, but cash flow issues, man, it's, it's really hard to leave that behind. So well, and it's the, super and important for your life. It is, and for uh, a lot of uh, trades business owners, it is a, a relatively male-dominated industry still. Mm. And, uh, you know, a lot of men feel like they you know, they have a role to provide. Yep. Uh, and if you feel like you're failing at that, it's, a, it's not an awesome feeling. You question your worth pretty strongly. You do. You actually start to question your worth. Mm. when your cash flow is is uh, is struggling. Yeah, and it's going to lead to all kinds of issues, mental health issues, yeah. you know, it's going to lead to, um, yeah, I mean, like, just overall, I think the biggest thing is you're not going to be the person you want to be uh, in the places you want to be that person, which is honestly just going to compound and compound and compound with you feeling worse and worse and then showing up worse and worse, and it's, it's a very, very dangerous thing. And the flip side is that when this is all great and it's working really well, um, I find that when cash flow is strong and you got plenty of money in the bank, a lot of the other problems are just that little bit easier to deal with because at least you know you're good on that side. Um, so yeah, pretty there's, massive thing to get right. There's no problem that an extra hundred thousand dollars won't fix, right? Won't well, help. Or won't help. Not with. fix. I think won't help. Won't help with. Yeah. Yeah. So real important. So anyway, let's talk about how to do this. 
Uh, and I think, again, very important in the current economic climate to get this right. Uh, you know, a lot of pressure on contractors, inflation, you know, you got potential recession coming up. Um, so, you know, cash is really going to be an important one. Yeah, cash is king. I mean, people are, you know, some contractors are coming under pressure. There's a few contractors and, and builders who have fallen over. Yeah. Uh, and so we need to be really aware of this, particularly at this time. Yeah, that's right. And obviously, yeah, we've got seven deadly mistakes to avoid. So kick us off with number one. Number one, for me, is weak follow-up of overdue debts. Oh, this is big. There's no follow-up. So yeah. maybe you don't even do anything. Maybe you just wait and hope that people pay who are overdue. Uh, maybe you just send an email. Yeah. It's like you're just waiting for them to come around. You're like, oh, surely they know they owe me money and they'll, they'll get onto it. But often they don't because they're under pressure as well. Mm. Uh, and so the squeaky wheel gets the oil with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and what we find is when people join our million-dollar charity coaching program, is if they're a little bit short of cash, the first thing we do is look in their accounts receivable, yep. look in their balance sheet, and often there is a bunch of money sitting there which is just waiting for them to actually get on the phone or you know get on Shanks's pony, go well, and visit. It's and money say, that should be in their account. That's right. You know, this is a real, a real point for me. Like I just, I hate it. I hate when people are saying, I've got no, you know, no money, cash flow's real tight, and you look at the accounts receivable and there's hundreds of thousands of dollars in overdues. I'm like, like not just dues, but overdues. So it should be in your account. I'm like, that's yours. That's yours. Get into this. Feeling bad about it is, about following up, which is one of the problems actually we'll get into, is, is not helpful. So it's actually just doing nothing about it and hoping that it'll come right. It won't unless you do something about it. And, yeah. and a lot of people that we work with have got these cash flow challenges and we teach them how to actually follow this stuff up and all of a sudden they've got a bunch of cash. Yeah. And I think um I think the key is that you said here when when you you know named the first one was um was a weak follow up. Well not like obviously sometimes it's no follow up, but I think a lot of the time when I say, Well, have you been following this up? People say, Yeah. And I go, How? And they go, I've sent three emails. Um so I mean again, it's it's weak follow up is the problem here as well. Yep. You've got to do it properly, yep. which we'll touch on in more yep. detail. Yep. So let's get on to number two. Number two is uh you've got no accounts receivable process. Mm. So that means you pretty much just send an invoice and then you hope that people will pay. And you're like, well, they'll pay when they can or if they can. Uh, and it's like a big black hole. You just tip the invoice in and you're, you're waiting. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely critical that you have a process and steps in the process. So a process could be something like, uh, you know, for our substantial project-related work, maybe it's invoices over three or $4,000, whatever the benchmark is. We actually call them the day before to make sure they've got the invoice and to make sure there's no problems with payment. Because yeah. the first thing people do is they ignore you. The second thing is when you follow them up, they're like, oh, I have a problem with the invoice or I didn't get the invoice. No, I didn't get it. I haven't seen it. There's, yeah. there's you know, a big one. I must be lost in my emails. Yeah, Classic, yeah. right? Yeah. So your process is you, you cut that off at the pass Yeah. the day before it's due. Mm -hmm. Then if they don't pay, you follow them up immediately. Yeah. Immediately. The day after. Uh, because then they know that you mean business. Yeah. And then if they don't pay, you have a further follow-up process. And then if they still don't pay, what do you do? Well, you take action. Yeah. You have a process to send them to collections. That's it. Uh, and so you know, underneath this, you'll have your terms of trade in, in place, which are absolutely critical. If you don't have those, that's a huge mistake. Yeah. Uh, because that gives you the teeth to actually follow up the, the invoices that you've sent out. Yeah. But having a process that you follow... And ideally, if you've got a team, someone in your team will follow this up so you don't have to do it all, mm. is massive. Yeah. Because then they get to a certain point, 
and they do have to go to collections. Yeah. Uh, because some people will only take notice when you take action. When there's consequence. Yeah. That's consequence right. is critical. Otherwise, you look like you're just uh, playing chicken with them. So you ne- you need to actually act. Well, if that's part the of the process. Then it, do it, it is. It's like yeah. this is behavior management, and yep. uh, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. That's it. And if you think of your children, mm. uh, you need consequences for behavior so that they learn. Yeah. Uh, you know what to do and what not to do. If the it's only consequence is like, hey, if I have to tell you one more time, yeah, I'm counting to twenty-seven before you, and then you tell them one more time, you're like, if I have to tell you one more time, no, but this time, it's like, come on, man, and, like, and just, each time you tell them, you raise your voice even higher, and it's getting more out of control. Yeah, well, plus you just look like a bigger buffoon at that point. To oh, be that's honest, a good word, buffoon, buffoon. Yeah. Uh, so you uh, having an accounts receivable process mapped out with scripts as well. So for those calls, there's a script that you follow. Yeah, uh, is absolutely critical. Yeah, massive. All right, number three. Number three. This is huge. Being afraid to follow up and ask for money. This is a mindset problem. Mm. So having a weak mindset yep. is a huge issue. Uh, what's underneath most uh, weakness in business is a fear. Uh, a fear of uh, people telling you no. A fear of uh, someone getting upset with you. Yeah. A fear of appearing money-hungry or greedy. Uh, and perhaps most importantly is the fear that uh, if I follow this person up, they're not going to actually want to use my services anymore and I'll lose them as a client. Yeah. That's a huge fear, and I'm sure a lot of people have felt that. Well, I'll just, I'll just jolly them along yeah, uh, because they're so important to my business I can't afford to upset them. Yeah. If you're in that position and they're not paying you, you've got a big problem. You do. Because they sure. have the power and you don't have the power, and they have the power because you're letting them have the power. Now, it may feel like you don't, uh, but you do, and uh, the reason is, it's much better to have a, a you know, a, it's terrible to have a, a non-paying client. Mm. It's much better not to have them as a client because at least you haven't spent all the money doing the work. Yeah, that's right. And if you do fear them actually leaving you, then you need to do some marketing. Yeah. And marketing sounds weird. Is, clients. It is always part of the equation with cash flow problems because you it, it, with people who don't pay. Yeah. Because you can upgrade the clients and you have less reliance on that client. Yeah. And so you can just cut them so off. It's and easier to hold them to account. Yeah, you yeah. have some power. So I think as well, like fear is really going to lead to just so many, you know, weak behaviors. It's not just not following up. It's the way you follow up. So like we said earlier, like, you know, sending a few emails, like honestly, that's nothing. They're going to get lost in other emails. It's really easy to ignore emails. It's really easy to play them off. Like why email when you can call? Like, and I'm like, sure, send emails if, if they're not overdue. Like if they're overdue, like call that person, get on the phone. And if they're ducking your calls, so turn up at their business. Now, I'm not saying turn up and threaten them. That's not it at all. But just turn up and just say, hey, um, is the boss here? And they say, oh, no. And I'm like, okay, cool. Just looking for the invoice to be paid. It's about $10,000. So, um, yeah, do you want me to come back later or tomorrow? And you'd be really happy and jovial. But uh, now the whole office knows there's a $10,000 bill that needs to be paid to you. I guarantee you get paid that day. Uh, you know, like, why, why call when you can show up? Yeah, and why email when you can call? Like, is it take it further if you're not being paid? I think uh, for you know, if you're listening and have had cash flow challenges, you'll probably identify with this one. You'll know deep in your heart and your gut that actually you have probably been weak and too weak, and you've let people hold the whip hand over you. Uh, people who take a strong approach with this have way less cash flow problems. They just don't put up with it. Yeah, uh, that's it. And there is nothing good about a client who doesn't pay you. Yeah. Uh, it's a terrible client to have. It's actually yeah. costing you so much money. 
uh, and an opportunity cost. You could do that work for someone else. So, uh, yeah, sometimes the big mistake is just being weak and fearful, and we have to toughen up. It's yeah, as simple it. as that. That's it. Don't be afraid of it. It's just a conversation, and they owe you the money. Yeah, it's like, how is it possible that someone owes me a m- money, makes me feel like the bad guy, and is guilty? The only yeah. reason it's possible is because you allow yourself to feel like that. Well, the ironic thing is um, if you lend someone 10 bucks and they didn't give it back, you know, it's actually really easy to ask for. You're like, hey, man, what happened to my 10 bucks? Um, but then somebody, you know, you've done thousands and thousands of dollars worth of work for them. They owe you thousands and thousands of dollars. You've spent thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, and you find it hard to ask for the money they owe you, but you've already done all the work, provided all the value. It's, like, I just, it's mind-boggling. But, I mean, I understand it, but you got to get over that. You have to. All right. Yeah, critical. Number four. Uh, this is on-the-job profitability. So weak on-the-job profitability, or your jobs just are not as profitable as they need to be. And with 80% to 85% of businesses that we see who have cash flow problems, they have a margin problem. And margin is what generates cash flow in the, you know, pretty much because if you're not selling the job for enough more than you pay for it, that is not going to turn into the cash that you need. If it's too skinny, there's just not enough cash coming off it to pay for your overheads, to pay for some profit. So there's a couple of things here. Often it's a pricing problem. So your pricing is just not high enough. You just are not getting enough margin to pay for all the commitments that you have. Yeah. Uh, two, sometimes it's the wrong niche. Now we've worked with you know, thousands of businesses and I can think of a, a number who have large businesses, 10, 15, $20 million in revenue and they have terrible cash flow problems because a lot of their work is in highly competitive uh, large construction projects which are tender-based with you know, large building contractors and it's very tight margins. That's a niche problem. Mm. Then they have retentions as well. So not only do they have poor margins, but they don't get a bunch of the money until practical completion of the project or some point thereafter. Mm. So uh, margin problems are a huge part of cash flow. That's the engine room of cash in your business. The third thing there is sometimes it's poor productivity. So your, your team are just not doing a good job. They're making way too many mistakes. There's too much rework, mistakes, too much travel, too many trips to merchants, that sort of stuff. Uh, that can make a big impact as well. So cash flow, not the problem. That's the symptom. The problem is often the margins on the job. As simple as that. All right. Number five. The cash gap. Oh, yeah. It's goody. You're a big fan of the cash gap. Explain the cash gap, mate. Explain the cash gap. Well, when you do a, do a job, you, you agree to do the job. And this is more for project work. You will then start the job, you'll buy some materials, and you will start spending labour on the job. Now, if that project goes for a reasonable period of time, you've got to pay the wages every week or every two weeks. Uh, Maybe you click over the 20th of the month, you've got to pay the materials. But you're not getting much money back from that job. And Mm. so there's quite a cash gap between when you're spending and when you're receiving. Yeah. So understanding that flow of cash in your business is absolutely critical. Uh, and shortening it is huge. And there's a bunch of ways that we can do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, uh, you know, there's payment claims. You can make uh, progress claims along the way. So, you know, you can uh, you know, you can see where you can get paid more often. So a lot of the time people will, you know, you'll bend to the terms of, of large contractors or, you know, big companies because you think, oh, I'm lucky to have this job and you bend to their terms and you accept that you'll get paid right at the end of a project that's months long. Like, that's madness. You need to get paid throughout because you are paying for it throughout. 
So, you know, it's, it's important to have that in your terms, get progress plans. Uh, again, deposits, like depending on the type of work, you might be able to get deposits up front. I remember before uh, before COVID, you know, a lot of the time people would say, I could never ask for a deposit. You know, I work exclusively with, um, you know, contractors, builders. Um, they don't do deposits. Whereas it's funny, after COVID, with all the material shortages, you say to a builder, hey, um, you know, I'm going to take a deposit to pay for the materials up front so that I can get them on time, make sure that they're going to be here by the time we start the project and lock in the price so it doesn't go up between now and then. And the builder goes, yeah, sure. Sounds great. Because they don't want you to hold things up and they don't want to have to pay extra than what you quoted. So, um, you know, just you don't know unless you ask. But there's lots of things you can do. You know, yeah. again, quicker invoicing can really help. So looking at your invoicing process, a lot of the time you have a longer cash gap because just because it takes ages to get an invoice out. That, that's madness. It is madness. And, um, and, and the thing about this, uh, when you get paid, it is all up for negotiation. Yeah. Now, sometimes you may not be able to negotiate the terms you want about when you get paid, but often you can. Well, the, the fact is, Tony, is like if the terms are not going to work for you, you have two options. You negotiate terms that will work or you pass up on the work. It's, it's really as simple as that. Because if the terms are not going to work, then it's not going to work, and you're going to be ending up sitting there holding the buck in a huge hole, um, you know, praying that you can make it through, which is just madness. Like if, if you know right off the bat, like I can't afford to finance this project and not be paid for it until the end, then don't start. Well, we I can think of a, a really good client that we've worked with with a number of years who has a lot of work with um, a food manufacturing business. And that food manufacturing business is a large business, multinational, mm. billions and billions of dollars. Uh, and that company will only pay two months after the invoice. That's their, yeah, their policy. Yeah, and this and it's pretty good margin work. But this company was always having cash flow problems. Yeah, because they weren't getting paid for a lot of their work till two two months down the track. Yep. And so how you fix that was well, they actually targeted some other niches where they can get paid quickly. Yeah, uh, and keep so that, the money coming. Yeah, in. keep the money coming in. So they have held some of that longer work because it is actually very profitable. What's well, good when it came in? Yeah, but you needed something to get you through. Yeah, so they've supplemented. So you might have to actually supplement your work if you do a lot of project work, and that is an issue. Mm. Figure out how you can get the the payment terms to work better. But then perhaps you look at another niche, which is work that you can your jobbing work, maintenance work. You can get paid all the time. You need to make sure you do the numbers on this, though. Yeah. Because, again, like, just because it feels like it gets you through, it actually might not be. You know, you need to figure that out. And I think one other thing, just on this cash gap thing, Tony, is, like, is when you start stacking cash gaps. And that's uh, something we've seen a lot. Remember our electrical business we worked with um, for a while? And he, actually, while he was here in the program, he grew from having two staff to having about 30 staff in about six months which is awesome, right? But the way he did it was that he stacked big project on big project on big project, was always out winning the next big project, next big project, and then having to hire a bunch of guys so he could get into the next big project. The problem was he had a huge cash gap on each of those big projects because he wasn't going to get paid to the end because he wasn't good with his terms and things like that. He hadn't done the numbers. Um, and this guy ended up actually having to scale right back again, and you know we actually rebuilt and did it the right way, and now he's great. But... He, he ran into a lot of trouble because he had a cash gap stacked on a cash gap stacked on a cash gap. So he was financing one project he couldn't afford to get through and then took on another one and started financing that at the same time. He was like a bank, only he didn't get paid interest. That's right. So uh, so really what he was was just a, a man in a lot of debt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and I love what you said there. The thing with his cash flow is is uh, the, the mistake we make is often we do act like the bank to a bunch of our, yeah. um, you know, our, our clients. Yeah, uh, which is which is a big problem. 
One thing I would say here too is even if you're doing invoicing work, uh, you know, maintenance work and jobbing work, servicing work, that should be payment on completion. Why make it seven Why days not? or 14 days? Make it payment on completion, particularly for residential customers. That is just a no-brainer. Yeah. Have an SPOS set up and just take payment then and there. That does a massive thing to help lessen that cash gap. But Tony, I need to price the work. It was done on charge to get fixed pricing. Fixed pricing. Right, but anyway, the, that's another story. Well, the, cool, the cool thing about uh, payment on completion is it's a negative cash gap. You're yeah. actually cash positive because you're getting paid before you actually pay for the materials right. and the labour. So yeah. it can work the other way. So you've got to understand the cash gap. That's a big issue. Super important. All right, number six. This may not seem obvious, but it is a huge problem. Poor administration or undercapacity in your office. Well, this is huge. Yeah, huge. I mean, I mean, basically, if you're slow to invoice, you're going to have a longer cash gap. It's as simple as that. So, you know, speed to invoicing is really important. Uh, not capturing variations, massive. Again, like if you're not capturing variations, then you're paying to do work you don't get paid for, which is, again, crazy. I mean, how can you have good cash flow if that's the, if that's the deal? Um, you know, you're doing work for free basically because you aren't organised. Plus, you know, even just things like, you know, if you've got retentions and things like that, if no one's on to, you know, actually making sure that they come in when they're supposed to, uh, again, there's money that should be in your bank and it's not. Um, and again, like all of those AR processes we mentioned earlier and some of the earlier sins, uh, a good chance that a lot of those are going to sit with office staff and maybe not with you. And so the fact is, is like if you're under capacity in the office, then no one's going to have time to follow your AR process. No one's going to have time to chase up, you know, deposits and progress claims and making sure the variations are actually being built out. No one's going to have time to follow up the debtors. And so as a result, none of that happens. Um, but it's not always because you don't have a process to follow. It's because you don't have people to follow it, uh, which is crucial. And it's a tricky one, this one, isn't it? Because if you've got cash flow uh, symptoms, you're like, you want me to spend some more money getting office help or more office help? Are you crazy? Like I don't have enough money. Yeah. But the but reason, the reason you, don't, you don't, don't have, have enough it. money is because yeah. there's no one collecting the money. That's it. Uh, and and so you've got to be really honest with yourself. If you're finding it difficult to get to following up stuff or you know, you're doing invoicing at night and on the weekends and stuff, you've got a problem. Yeah. And your lack of capacity is contributing to your cash flow issues. Plus, honestly, sometimes when it's not you following some of those processes, they get followed better. Because, I mean, Tony, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm a plumber and I'm doing work for you uh, and then I see your bill is overdue, your invoice hasn't been paid, I'm like, oh, man, I want to follow up Tony. Like, it's awkward. That's my boy. Man, poor Tony. I'm sure he'll pay. But if I pass that on to my office staff, they're like, I don't, I don't know who Tony is. Tony, pay the bill. <laughs> so, like, it actually happens. And I think the, the thing is, is you're, if you're removed from it, if you've got capacity for someone else to follow the processes you built, they actually often get followed better because um takes all of the personal element away. They, they don't know the clients, they don't I, care. And I cannot remember how many times I've had our members say, um, you know, when they've, when they've got the admin side of it sorted out, mm. how their clients have commented that actually they kind of appreciate that because they know that's what they should be doing. That's the same reason that they're not paying is because they're hopeless at actually getting their invoicing and stuff done and the like. That's right. Ah, okay, well, I'll be able to pay you better if I sort out my end of things. Yeah, that's it. And number seven. Number seven is massive one, not running regular financial reports. Massive. So not doing a profit and loss every month, not back costing your work, uh, and not checking your balance sheet regularly. Uh, so your profit and loss will show you how profitable the, the month is yep. you know, of your overall business. The back costing tells you how profitable your jobs are, each individual job. 
and your balance sheet shows you the financial health of your business. So it'll show you where your, your accounts receivable are at, yep. where your payroll is at, are uh, your um, payables. It'll show tax debts that you've got. Yep. And it'll show you movements in loans and drawings. Now, sometimes as a business owner, we might take too much money out of the business for something we wanted to do at home or for our boat or whatever it is, renovation. Mm. And uh, that's actually, you know, damaging the cash flow of the business. Yeah. Well, maybe we've got a bunch of loans. Yeah, well, maybe you've got a, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, vans or trucks that you've, you've Diggers, got. Diggers, excavators, just whatever. That's right. I mean, like, uh, definitely that's that showed up a lot, right? And people are like, hang on, like, my profit's so much every month. Where's all the money? And then you look on the balance sheet and you you know, or you look at the cash summary and, and you're like, well, it's all going out to pay all these loans. And the thing is, in your profit and loss, the interest will be in there, yep. but not the principal. And maybe the depreciation, but yep. but you're not going to have that principal. So the principal part, and you'll see that you'll yeah. see that coming out as your as your assets, mm. your debts re- rec- uh, reduce in your balance sheet. You'll say, well, actually, there's a bunch of cash going there that I didn't even realize. Yeah, that's uh, right. So that's that's massive. Being across the numbers mm. uh, will change the way that you look at the cash in your business. Yeah. Uh, and putting a cash flow forecast together for the next eight to 12 weeks on a weekly basis will just show you exactly when you're going to be short or when you're flush. Mm. And when you do that, you can plan in advance. It's actually you know, way simpler. Yeah, that's right. If you know the problem, you make a plan. If you don't know the problem, you get blindsided and it's just well, super stressful. You create transparency for yourself. And you can see when you're going to have issues or you can see when you're going to be good, like you mentioned. But then once you do that, you can create transparency for others, which often lifts, lifts a lot of the burden. So, you know, like, again, if you're asking for, a, you know, a progress payment or something like that, if you know you need the money, it's actually a lot easier because you can go to someone and say, hey, I really need this to be paid here. I'm not going to be able to continue with the project because I want to be short of cash and I won't be able to pay for materials. So I need you to pay me. And sometimes that leverage can really help someone pay. Again, if you know you're going to be really short um, because you've got a big bill going out to your merchant and you haven't managed to pull any money in because you're waiting on getting paid by you know, Peter, Paul and, and Tom, um, you can go to your merchant and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a bit short for a couple of weeks. Do you mind if I pay my bill a little bit late? I'm good for it. I just need these projects to come in. And they'll be really understanding because you've been transparent. It's when you're not transparent and you just don't pay that's when they get their backup and they use their AR process on you. Um, that's but it's right. that transparency really helps. And for you to be transparent and be dealt with right and to expect transparency from others, you need transparency in your own numbers, which goes back to actually no, looking at your them numbers and yeah. knowing them. So. Yeah, and cash flow, managing your way through cash flow uh, challenges is about confidence and your suppliers having confidence in you. Yeah. Uh, and then they will give you a bit of rope bit of wriggle, wiggle room, which uh, you know means, make, make, makes the stress go away. Well, they will give you wiggle room, to be honest, because their entire business model is based on recurring payments. Like getting this exact payment from you today on the right day is not their biggest priority. Their biggest priority is you coming back and making more next month, uh, you know, buying more stuff, and the month after that, and the month after that. So if they've got to give you a week or two because you're waiting on some payments to come in, they don't care. As long as you come back next month as well, you know, so... But, you know, that transparency is what's going to make it work. And for that, you need to know your numbers. Simple yep. as that. Yeah. Look, it's a key to success in business is how you control things. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, again, if you're struggling to do it, that may be because you're making mistake number six, which is just you don't have enough capacity in the office. So that's right. That, that's a double-edged sword. That one's going to help you collect the money. It's going to help you actually monitor the financials so you know what's going on. Well, the thing is, is we have these seven deadly sins, but they're actually all very interconnected as it well. Is. It's a tangled you know, like, web. You really want all of these things to be right. And I really think if you have them all right, you're going to be uh, in a really healthy spot cash flow-wise. So let's land this plane. 
Let's do that. Cash flow uh, problems aren't the problem. They're actually the symptom. So the key is to actually understand what the causes are underneath and to avoid these deadly cash flow mistakes. And if there's one thing that's most important is you can control this and it does require us to really toughen up and be assertive and put ourselves first. That's it. Thanks for listening, team. We'll catch you all again next time. See you later. Next week on the Profitable Trading Podcast. It's hugely stressful when your business runs out of work and you face the prospect of having employees sitting around the workshop doing nothing. Tune into this week's podcast where we discuss how to stop this from happening and how to keep more than enough work in front of your team. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trady, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group and we'll see you in the next episode of the Profitable Trady Podcast.